0: We are uh, we're going to travel a little bit into a territory of the Bible that if you grew up in church, you will probably know very very well. If you didn't grow up in church, you probably will know as well. Um, But as I am known to do, I'm going to probably do a little twist on it. Is that okay? All right. Now the other thing is we're doing this series called Unstuck because a lot of us get stuck in life and. Here's where a lot of us get stuck. Are you ready? Right here in the head. Anybody ever get stuck in the head? Oh yeah. All right. Hey, thank you very much. All right, I appreciate. That. I like a good participating uh, family. This is a good thing. And so we get in these ruts, and we we could. A lot of times we 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 label them other. In other words. Um, Let's say you're stuck in a financial rut. And this is one of the things that I learned over the years. You know, I worked, we did these classes and we'd help people. And then what I would learn is after the class was over, you start talking to somebody about how to apply, you know, budgeting principles and whatever. And what you realize was they didn't have a money problem. They had a thinking problem. And then you realize you start talking to people and maybe they're having relationship problems and then you realize they aren't having relationship problems, they're having thinking problems. And it's called uh, stinking thinking. We get in a rut and this is how we think. And so what this story that we're going to explore today is how to rescue you, rescue you from bad thinking because it becomes a rut for you. And, And so the story... Um, before we get to it, Jesus refers to this story. So Jesus says uh, in one of his uh, discussions, remember Lot's wife. Now, remember Lot's wife. How many of you, if you grew up in church, you already, I already know this story. All right, Luke, Luke 17. How many have, I have no idea who Lot is. Can you help me there? Put it up, It's okay. It doesn't matter. Okay, no idea what you're talking about. Um, it's, it, it might be like if, you are, uh, if you're a Seinfeld aficionado, do you know who Newman is? So you're like, I don't know. Well, you watch enough, yeah, I know Newman, right? So if you know enough of the Bible, then you know enough, then there's Abraham, and then you know there's Lot, and then you know there's Lot's wife, and then you know something happened to her. And what happened to Lot's wife? She turned to a pillar of? salt. There you go. Okay. So Jesus is saying, hey, remember this. So before we get to her, which is at the end of the story we're going to do today, uh, a lot of stuff happens. And then he goes on to say this. Remember Lot's wife. And then he ties it to this. Whoever tries to keep their life will what? Lose it. Whoever loses their life will preserve it. So it's the idea of preserving your life. It's the idea of finding your life. It's the idea of finding I I paraphrase it this way. Some people try to save their life and they end up losing it. But what they're trying to save is not their life. They're trying to save their ego. They're trying to save their, their false self. And when you're trying to save your false self, because we all have a false self, that's the projected self. Are are you with me? I'll I'll give you an example. The false self is Pastor Chris. Go to my family. Ain't no one calling me Pastor Chris. Right? My brothers, none of my friends, no one I grew up with. I'm not Pastor Chris to anybody, right? And uh, I'm I'm less... uh, I'm Chris at best. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's no fooling, there's no projecting, there's no there's no sacredness, there's no specialness. You, uh, you, you are uh, Jenny from the block, as she said, right? You you're one of the crowd. You're 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 no you're no different, you're no more special. So what happens is if you become a doctor or you become president or you become this or that or of your neighborhood association. Now you start to associate yourself with this projected thing. Are you with me? So it's easy. You can start to tie yourself to, I am doctor so-and-so. You know, I am president so-and-so. I am pastor so-and-so. And the reality is you're just you. And if you try to protect that projected image Man, it's going to wear you out. It's literally going to kill you. You have to realize you're not trying to save the projected you, the false you. And what you do is in the process, you can save the real you. So the story we're going to do is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. All right. ready? Hold on no one's enthused all right I didn't think so because this is a story that most people go they wince and w- when I'm done you're not gonna wince you're gonna celebrate why because I'm gonna show you how this story is freeing for all of us here's how first um, we have to talk before I talk about the story we have to talk about how we talk about the story let's go to Galatians 4 before we talk about this story we're gonna talk about how we talk about why. Well, here's why here's why because what you do is the way you talk about the story is like I give you a set of glasses and this is how you see the world like I have no idea if, if you're even there now there you are so my glasses reflect how I see things every one of you has a, has a set of glasses which you see the world you maybe you didn't realize you were handed glasses, but you were handed them. You see the world through a lens. Somebody's helped you shape that lens. You grew up in America. There's certain value systems with it. You, some of you grew up in church. has certain value systems with it. And you were taught to see the world in a certain way. Got it? So the way I look at, let's say, a Bible story. If you look at the Bible and you read it literally, kind of forces you to do some things so if I think th- this th- like she literally turned into a, a, a pillar of salt you know and the deer came by every once in a while and I, if you literally you, you can you can I, I'm gonna show you the Apostle Paul didn't so if you don't want to you're you're in good company all right but. You, if you literally, if you believe it literally, then you do certain things with it. So what happens is people, if, they, if their lens is, I have to read this literally, then what I have to do is tell people this is, I have to shove this. Like, man, that's, I don't know. I'm not sure about, did, was she really at a pillar of salt? And is that? Then yes, you take it because that's how it's supposed to be taken. Or you can take a different lens and look at it. Galatians 4. Paul says, these things, by the way, he's talking about Abraham and Sarah. So just so you know, that's the context. Are to be taken, what's the the word? Figuratively. King James, you'd say uh, metaphorically or as an allegory in the King James, I think it says. So allegory, uh, metaphor, uh, anyway. So what you start to realize is, wait a minute, if I don't, and by the way, isn't this freeing for some people? Like, here's what happens. People either they become confused Christians like I, I, I don't know what to do. So here's what a lot of confused Christians do. they Put the Bible on the shelf and they pull out refrigerator verses. Which is OK, nothing wrong with a refrigerator verse. What's a good refrigerator verse? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, right? And, and you, you put them on your refrigerator. Good job. Good job. Lift yourself up. Get something good going. Is that good? But we don't put verses like Sodom and Gomorrah on the fridge. We don't know what to do with those. Because if we take them literal, and by the way, this could solve a lot of the fighting that's going on. You get atheists, like, you guys believe that? You know, the modern atheists, Sam Harris, and all these guys are writing books. And then the, the literalists, far-end Christians are writing books back. And it's it's a big waste of time because Paul freed you right there in the Bible. He freed you from needing to take any of it, what? Literally. Take it it's figuratively. So second thing is, not only could you learn to take it uh, figuratively, is... You can throw out what you've heard a hundred times over and over again, that this has something to do with homosexuality. It has nothing to do with that. I could show you later. Uh, I mean, I only have so much time. But if you say something over and over and over and over again, people just what? They believe it, right? So um, you can just put that aside. That's really not there. Ask any really good Bible scholar, they'll tell you that's nothing to do with this story. Now, in life, we're getting unstuck. So what we're doing is we're going from one level to another level. And you get stuck at a level. You get stuck emotionally. You get stuck mentally. We get stuck in relationships. And we just can't get going. We can't move past where we are. We we can't let one era go and move into the next era. We can't close one chapter of our life and open the next chapter because we're stuck. And that's what this is about. Uh, uh, last week I was talking about, you know, driving a stick shift, and um, of course it came back to, to haunt me because I was backing up in the truck the other day. We took Charlie down to the bowling alley, and it was closed, but it, it it worked out fine because she just worked the whole room. They were putting money in her purse, and it was all good. And when we left, we I backed up the truck, and I don't know, I kind of hit the shift a little bit, maybe harder than I should have, and— um, and I moved it from drive to manual, but you know these things now, they have manual, but they're automatic. Anyway, I was in manual, so I pull out, and it starts revving up. Oh, 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 what in the world's going on? And I realized I, I needed to bump it back into automatic drive, okay? It's only gonna, I can rev, I can go harder on the gas, harder on the gas, harder on the gas, but it's not gonna shift until I allow it to shift. It's only going to go so fast. Stuck. And this is what a lot of us try to do. I'll just rev harder. I'll just, I'll just get angrier. I'll just scream louder. I'll just text more. I'll, you know, and it, you're stuck. And what you think is, I'm just going to apply more force. And applying more force is not going to do it. You have to shift. You have to let go of one gear, one way of thinking. Stay with me. We hate letting go of the way we think. Why? Because we love being right. Who doesn't love being right? I'm not talking to this side over here today. I don't to focus. On. Who doesn't love being right? Huh? I love being right, don't you? It's so rewarding. And you can look down on everyone else. That's the joy of it, you know? And so now, when you, when to, to, to move to another gear, you have to let go of a gear. You have to let go of that gear. I don't, I'm not going to operate in that gear. And that is terrifying for us. I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm not going to operate that way anymore. I'm not going to treat people that way. I'm going to change the way that I think. Now, um, I'm going to dive into the story right before I do. Let me pull up two more verses to just show you it's so important that you don't, think about this literally okay Um, Revelation 11 verse 8 this says their bodies will lie in the public square of the great city this is talking about these two witnesses I don't have time all right which figuratively called what Sodom and Egypt I'm just trying to show you a little practice that maybe some of you weren't aware of they were constantly taking names and Placing over, this, they, figuratively, it was called Sodom. Figuratively, it was called this. So does anybody, um, does anybody have a nickname they grew up with? Nickname? Yeah. Is it really bad? <laughs> uh, this guy over here is like, uh. So w- w- we have nicknames. So when I get together with all my buddies, you know, I, like I said, no one calls me pastor. And believe me, no one even calls me Chris. They call me other things. They're all nice. They call me other things. They have nicknames. They're figuratives. They're, 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 they're not really referring to what they're saying. They're referring to someone behind it. You get what I'm saying? So when you open these stories, it's essential. Because there's a bunch of um, outrageous things that happen in this story. Um, if you have kids, I'll be careful, but they're in here. Like Lot. These angels come and they're going to take over the house. And he just says, "Now take my, these bad people come and they want to do bad things. There's kids here. I'll go read it. Read it. They want to do bad things. And, but the dad takes his daughters and offers his daughters. That's not good. So we, we have to find another way to understand these things. Than literal. Let me give you one more. In 2 Corinthians, it says this the letter, Paul says, kills. So when he's referring to scripture, he says, if you take it to the letter, you can kill. This is a this is an alarming, this is an astounding passage in the scripture. But the spirit gives life. That is to say, you could take a Bible verse and kill somebody with it. That's a heavy responsibility. I mean, you know, now they, uh, people always joke because you can get ordained online, right? People are always doing someone else's wedding. You can just go to certain, certain certain website, pay $10, and you're a reverend. Because they can't stop you, basically, right? But here's the thing. You can do a lot of damage to people with this. Because people, they sit there and their minds are open, their hearts are open, and you sound authoritative, and you pound it, and you quote it, and, and then people, you just slice their lives apart, and it kills people. So be careful. Be humble. Be humble. Don't Destroy people, demean people, degrade people using this. The letter kills, Paul says, but the Spirit gives life. Because that's what Paul was facing. All these people that took things to the wrong extreme, literally. And it literally was killing people. Now, ready for the story? It's It's a good one. Abraham's there. It says in verse 1, Genesis 18, the Lord appeared to Abram near the great tree of Mamre. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them, and he bowed to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass by. Let a little water be brought. May I wash your feet? And rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat. So these visitors come. By the way, I mean, literal goes out so quickly here because there's three people, and then there's one person, and there's two. It's absolutely confusing. Read any Bible scholar, they go, I don't know. There's three, there's one, there's two. We'll talk about that another week. Let me get you something to eat. (laughs) Very well, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent. Sarah, quick, get three C's of fine flour, knead it, and bake some bread. Three C's. Does anybody know what three C's of fine flour is? Making pancakes. 36 pounds. Sarah, grab, grab 36 pounds. Get the 36-pound sack. We got three people for dinner. Are you still good with literal? But, now look, this is important. One of, the, one, of the great, one of the great interpreters said this. He says, the more bizarre the story, the deeper the wisdom that's found in this. So it's not that you go, wow, that's it's go, wait a minute, what is going on here? What is trying to be said here? I'm going to open it up for you. They have this conversation, and they start to talk about, it says, um, they Sarah you know makes they eat and then this is what it says where's your wife Sarah they're in the tent he said the Lord said I will surely return to you this time next year and your wife will have a son Abraham's like haven't we been talking about this for a long time like I've been an Orchard Grove for like eight weeks and he's been talking about someday he's gonna have a son and we when when are we gonna have a son and he goes next year they're going to have a son, but it's going to happen next year. Something has to happen before they have this son. Quick quiz. Ready? What, what is the son's name when he's finally born? You might know. Isaac. What does Isaac mean? Laughter. Huh? Laughter. What's this a story about? This is a story. Abraham goes through one chapter of his life, and then another chapter, and in each chapter he has to walk with God, and in each chapter he has to make some kind of sacrifice. He's got to get in agreement with God. This is huge. He says, "Walk before me," and then he makes a sacrifice. Walk before me, and he makes a sacrifice. You know what Charlie likes to do now? To stand on my feet. And walk around the house. Anybody, know, anybody remember this one? Huh? Stand on the feet. Walk around. It's exhausting. <laughs> she falls off. She falls down. I got to pick her up. But she wants more and more and more. This is, I, th- I think this is, th- this is what God was saying. Abraham, come here. Right here. Why don't you get in step with me? I will take you from one step to another. I will take you from one chapter of your life to another chapter of your life. And the goal, ready, is laughter. The goal is happiness. Who here wants to be happy? Happy. Now, this is what's key. Happiness is not a short-term pursuit. It's a long-term pursuit. In other words, what you don't want to do is take some short-term happiness and trade it and give up your long-term happiness. This is playing the long game. This is so key. Happiness, you've got to play the long game. You may have to make some sacrifices, Abraham, right? I want you to walk with me, but I want to lead you to happiness. The, the whole story leads to Isaac. That's where the whole thing goes. It all leads to laughter. And if you get the metaphor, what you start to understand is what God is trying to do is trying to make you happy. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love and then joy. How do you know when you're getting it right? How do you know when when you're, you're maturing spiritually? How do you know when you're walking in God's program? When you're happy. I mean, here, happy. Yeah. Charlie's favorite movie now, Trolls. Anybody? <laughs> trolls. You know what the Trolls is about? The happiest little hair. And if you haven't seen it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But y- you should watch it, right? But the, the, the point of the movie is we all have happiness inside. We just need a little help finding it sometimes. Can I just tell you? That's exactly what this story is. And that's exactly what your story is. It's about finding happiness that's here. But to get there, you go through these stages. You just do. We have to let go of certain things so that you can move from one to the next. And Sarah laughs because they'd say this time next year and and she laughs to herself. And they overhear her laughing. Did she laugh? goes, No, no, I didn't laugh. You know why? This is important. A lot of us underestimate what God can do in our life. She goes, I'm old and I'm worn out. You get to a point in your life when you're stuck and you feel, I'm worn out. I'm just worn out. I might as well just pack it in and just kind of ride it out. God's going, no, no. I, I'm, next, this time, next year, this time, next year, you're going to have a baby. Again, much better to think metaphor at her age and all of that. But this is the thing. You're going to come to a place of joy. You're gonna come to a place of joy. I tell some of you here, you, you, you gotta get the vision back that you can have a place of joy in your life. So much sad stuff's happening right now in the world. And people are, 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 are like magnetized to sadness. You, you, you shouldn't do that. You, what you should do is have a vision of joy in your life. You don't laugh at what God's gonna do. You, you open your heart to it by faith. God's going to do something spectacular. So what is the story about? Let me just tell you. The story is about God, ready, destroying the thing that's destroying you. It's about God destroying the thing that's going to destroy you. What's destroying you? Bad thinking. Bad thinking think of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, here's what I want you to think about. These are all the bad thoughts. This is, this, is all the, this is all the crummy thinking that got me here. And if I think about destruction, I want that part completely annihilated. Let me give you another way of thinking of it. Um, anybody here not like to go to the doctor because you just don't want to know? There's a little truth to this. We, we, I I don't know. I don't want to know. Now that's stupid thinking. We acknowledge it's stupid thinking, but we still think that way. I don't want to know because I don't want to know how many other appointments I'm going to have to go to, and I don't. I'll close my eyes. Who's done this before? It's like I know I need to go, but I don't want to go. I don't want to know. Something's destroying your body. You need to know about it absolutely. You need to know about it completely, and you need it completely annihilated from your system. You need it gone from your system. So here's what I want you to think of the story. Sodom and Gomorrah is these are all the thoughts that are taking you down. Taking you down. Bringing you way down to your worst self. And what God needs to do is destroy them completely. Now it's a good story. Because you got some bad thoughts in there. They, 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 they take you bad places, wrong places. They discourage you. They defeat you. Tell you you don't have any hope or you don't have any future. or All kinds of things. And that part needs to be completely destroyed. I'll take you through the story real quick. We'll close. Ready? First thing you need is this. You need awareness. You just need awareness. He says, uh, Abraham, should I tell should I tell him what I'm about to do you can't have the son now we got to do some work first so before lot or Isaac is born and he's gonna be born here hold on a couple weeks he's gonna be born we gotta do some work first before joy before you can reach this level in your life be fulfilled you got to get rid of some stuff you get the, the destruction has to happen before the birth happens you got to die before you live. Oh, that sounds like an Easter story. You got to be crucified before you can be resurrected. That's just the story. Just, uh, but, but something's got to happen first. Should I, tell, should I tell Abram what I'm about to do? Awareness. The first step is you become aware. You know what? I got some bad thinking patterns, I got to get rid of them they're killing me because that's why you, you just blame the person you blame the boss you blame this you blame that if you're always blaming somebody else look look give yourself a break one time you went to a bad situation you had a bad boss what a moron move on with your life right if that happens four times in a row ready it's true It can't always be the other person. It can't always be out there. At some point, what God's trying to do is go, hello, I want to free you. This story is a story about freeing you from those thoughts that are holding you down. They're just destroying you. This is about destroying the thing that's destroying you. It's a great story. Bring on the fire. (laughs) Okay, never mind. It has to be pointed out. Careful for the one that points it out. Has anybody ever pointed something out about you that was unpleasant? Man, it's dicey who that person is, isn't it? Better if they're paid professional. <laughs> Better paid professional. she so you're like, well, I pretty much, I pretty much pay my wife. Yeah, she let me know. Uh, ready? Awareness. That's killing you, man. The way you're thinking is killing you. It's destroying you. Should I reveal? Should I tell them? Should we let them know what we're going to do? You know, when it first gets pointed out, what, what happens to us? We get defensive. Now, here's the crazy part of this story. So, the Lord says the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great. Your stinking thinking is killing you. Let me see what I can do about this. Ready? God wants to fix your thinking. Let's see. God says, let me go down and see what I can do about this. And they turn away and Abraham stands before God. And he goes, um, uh, uh, excuse me though. I, are you sure you want to destroy the whole city? Ready? This is exactly what we do. God's about ready to take you from here to here. Let's just get rid of all that old thinking. Let's do it. Let's get you from here to here. What do we do? Bargain. Are you sure, God? I mean, you know, what if there's, I mean, I mean, you wipe out the whole thing. Ever, anybody ever bargained with God? I'm going to hold on to my old way of thinking. But you don't want to get rid of the whole thing. You know? Like, what if there's like 50 good people in that city? I mean, I got a few good thoughts in there. This is how we do. A- has anybody ever read this part of the Bible? It's crazy, right? And he's like, well, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll spare it for 50. And then he's like, well, you know, I wouldn't be bold, but what, what about, I mean, what about 45? And it goes down, and it's 20, and then it's 10. This is what we do. God's trying to, still, just, he's trying to take you to another level. He's getting you close to laughter. He's getting you to the birth, to Isaac, to the miracle, to you call it the promised land, whatever you want. But you, you have to let go of this way of thinking. Stop bargaining. Could, could I just hold on to this? When am uh, remembering my dad today, a special day. Um, when he died, it was, I mean, you know, if you've ever lost somebody, you know. And I don't know. So hard, and he had all this stuff. He had so much stuff, but I didn't know what most of it was. He had semis and, and tractors and you know, injection molding machines and soldering irons and and everything in between. I, God, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. And I, I didn't, most of I didn't know what it was. And 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 when he and, and when he died, I, I had to take responsibility to do stuff with it. And it was and it was so stressful and I thought, well I could go through each little piece and pick it apart and this is worth seven dollars and this might be worth five, and I have no this and the amount of time and, and does anybody know what I'm talking about, energy I would have taken. So I hired this, this uh, auctioneer um, company, and they came through, bang, 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 like this. It was over in like four hours. Everything was gone. To the point where they would just take a -- I mean, he, he had a lot of stuff in this big pole bar. They would just take a, a group, there would be a, some washers and a soldering iron. I don't know and they' just go like, "All right, we're been on this right here, and you had to take the whole thing with you." And it was such a difficult decision, but once I made it, it was the most freeing thing. It's gone. Look, look. Free yourself. Stop bargaining trying to save some little semblance of your ego. Can I just tell you something? I'll just be honest. We all know anyway. I mean, I'm I'm like 30% jerk myself. (laughs) Come on, quit being that. We all know. I'm doing you a solid right now. Right here, what is today? March something. I am doing you the most solid. We already know. I I reckon I'm I'm 35% jerk. Part German, part jerk. No one's playing today? We already know. So here's the thing. You spending all this energy, bargaining, trying to hold on to this piece just let it go. Let it go. They go into the city. At the gate is Lot. Lot, his name actually means veil, covering. So what are you going to do? What do you do with the ugly parts of you? We all have them. Let's just get it out there. We cover them. Nothing to see here. He's at the gate. He's right at the gate. Don't come in. No, 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 don't come in. Lot is covering, he's veiling. These are the thoughts I don't want anyone to know. This this is the ugly part of me. Look, you're a beautiful human being. This is the truth. You are. And you also have some stuff down in there. So do I. This is a beautiful operation. You know, if you get to operate on you, somebody got a piece of cancer or something like that, you got a doc, just take a, just, you know, when you get in there, just kind of a quick glance. Anybody? No, no, no. Please, as thorough as possible. You, you don't veil, don't cover, don't, 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 don't look over at this cavity. You, you want the thorough exam. God, come, come on, come see it all. Don't hide it. They come in, they grab a lot. They pull, they pull Lot out of the city. I, I won't go through all the details. They pull Lot out of the city to higher ground, and they tell him to flee, run, run. In, f- in fact, let me read it for you. It says um, right here, Lot said, No, my lords, please, your servants found favor, right? I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. I can't flee. This is the last part of your ego holding on. Because it feels like you're dying. Honestly, ask anyone that's ever really gone through a real spiritual growth experience. It'll feel like you're dying. I know people like to make it like, here's how you grow spiritually. You just go to one class, you sing two songs, you sign a paper. That's not how you grow spiritually. It kind of feels like you're dying. You're not getting your way. You're letting go of something that you valued so much. And it's just like, I don't know, I'm going to die. He, he's just bargaining. Why do you think Paul said, I die daily? Why do you think he said that? I was reading one, one person, he made me think. He said, I pray to God for one humiliation every day. <laughs> I haven't gotten there. <laughs> but I thought about it. I thought about what it really wrote, and I'm like, I pray for humiliation every day. I'm not there. But what does it do? It, just, it grounds you, exposes you at home, but so you can keep growing. He said, flee to the mountain, go. And he, and he says, no, no, I'll, I'll die. And, and, and you know how this story ends, right? And it says that they flee, but Lot's wife looked back. She got stuck. God's trying to call you to the mountain, call you something higher, something better. He's trying to get get all the stuff out of you so he can bring laughter in. He can birth the good. Just let it go. Paul said, crucify the old man. That's what Paul said. It's the same way. This was told in a big, dramatic story form. It's the exact same thing. Crucify the old Who's the old man? All his thinking thoughts. The false self, the ego, the projection. Paul says, crucify him. It's the same violence. Everything that's eaten up your body, you want rid of. And anything that's eaten your soul, you want what? Don't cover it up. You're going to want to. Don't resist and hesitate. Lot's wife, she looks back. You remember when Jesus would call people to follow him and they start making excuses. No, well, this and that. I remember it. And Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead. A little harsh. A little metaphorical. But what a statement. Let's move. She looks back. Stuck, and I, here's the thing: I think by God's spirit, He wants to take people from one place to another, right? But, but we get stuck because we keep looking back. Huh. There were a couple times, I'll be honest. I thought, man, if I would have taken more time, I might have got, you know, eighty dollars instead of forty dollars for that one thing on my dad's. Is anybody with me? Are you feeling me getting stuck? Are you feeling me get? You're feeling me getting stuck. In other words, stop bargaining with your past. Just let it go. Let God take you to some better place. He's moving you up to the mountain. Now, in a couple weeks, all right, the laughter's going to erupt. All right, the baby's going to be born. But look. Life's a journey. Just like this series, life's a journey. And God, it would be great if we like, because you read the story, it's like, why tell me another year? Why don't you just bring the baby? Well, I got to do something first. We're going to have to destroy something before we can give birth to something. This is good timing for Easter that's coming upon us. Because this is the pattern. Something has to die so something can live. Right? The old man, as Paul said, has to be crucified so the new man can live. I'll close with this because I'll tell you something I think is really important about church and Christianity and spiritual growth or whatever you want to call it. If you allow these transformations to take place, your Christian life won't be so forced. Man, I, I got to do this, and I got to watch my mouth. and I, gotta, I think you're missing the point. What you got to do is you got to go through that experience. You got to let the other stuff die. Stop fighting for it and protecting it, the old you, the old ego, the pr- and just live. And when you do it, it feels painful, trust me. These, these are, these are grow, as we call growing pains. And don't, sh- don't get out of them. We- weasel your way around the growing pains. Just go through them. And then when you go- come out on the other side, you'll be a new person. All right. I think I exhausted it. There's more to tell, but we- we'll have to close here. Let's stand. Eeks, I'm, I'm over it. The story starts with Sarah laughing at, it's not possible. So the first thing you have to believe is it's possible. I, I, can, I can laugh again. I can love again. I, I can become a new person. That potential is in me. Never, never doubt the potential that's in you. What God can do in you. That's the key. And then you just have to cooperate. Cooperate with the Spirit. Dear Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing in us and through us. God, I pray that you will open the eyes of our heart to see, make us aware. Make us aware of what you want to do on the inside of us. Of the good work that you are doing. And you said that we can be thankful because the good work that you started in us, you will complete. And so God, bring it to completion. Take us to higher ground. Lead us to laughter. In Christ's name.